0: I'm Blake Hargreaves, welcome to Future Stops. The music you're hearing is the Interstellar Suite, adapted from the soundtrack to the 2014 Hollywood blockbuster Interstellar, and performed by Roger Sayer at Temple Church, London. Sayer is the organist at this famous church which once upon a time was the home of the Knights Templar and doubled as a bank protecting the savings of the rich from the hands of the monarchy. Known internationally for its fabulous acoustics, the church was chosen by composer Hans Zimmer and his team for Interstellar's original soundtrack recording. Sayer found himself enmeshed in the making of a Hollywood blockbuster totally by accident as his beginnings on the pipe organ were humble and church-focused.
1: Yes my grandfather was a self taught organist and I used to attend um services at his church sitting by him on the organ so I was interested um in in the liturgy as much as the instrument itself so the church it was important to me um the liturgy was important to me and the role of the organ and the music in the service uh, was important to me although I didn't wouldn't be able to articulate that so so young, but but looking back, for for sure, um, and in fact, I just found a book yesterday: uh, "Great Cathedrals of England." And just I remember this is an old book of mine. And I looked at, and nice, I absolutely loved the buildings, and the thought of making music in those buildings with those organs. Um, I was I, I was sort of really sort of um, it was a given that I, this was this was sort of route I wanted to take. Although I have to be honest, the, the thought really at the time was that it, it would be nice to have a, a choir that could sing well. I didn't realise that it was my responsibility to make that choir sing well. That's how naive I was. Um, so obviously, when, when I actually got into the, 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 um, the world of, of cathedral music, uh, when I became assistant organist of Rochester Cathedral and then the organist of Rochester Cathedral, it was very clear to me that it was it was up to me to make the the standards that I so admired when I was younger. Um, so so that was that was the beginning. and uh, and I the feelings I had towards the, the the music within the liturgy were were so strong it didn't really matter whether there was one person there or one thousand people there it, it didn't make any difference to me. It was just the, doing the the opera stay, really
0: I, I think that um for me, I used to see the organ as. You know there was a, um, a spectrum between what uh, one end uh, the serious liturgical music playing hymns, and then in the middle sort of concert music for the organ that was still classical in nature but wasn't connected to the liturgy as much, and then at the uh, far end uh, theater organ you know organs in movie theaters uh, accompanying silent films, uh, you know, or more playful. Uh, organ, but as I got older, I realized in some ways it's more of a, a circle because uh, a function of the organ in a liturgical context is to actually animate uh, the story a- of each Sunday's, uh, you know, I- in the year.
1: Yes, the organ is is, a, is a, it doesn't have any words to it um, as an instrument, like many instruments, but it has the power to, and the capabilities with all its color. Um, to be able to uh, evoke um, great atmosphere, which I think is part of of good liturgy um, and a response to the liturgy. Uh, So I think the the role of the organ and also its its place, uh, should I say, within the building, Uh, the building is part of the instrument. And so these great buildings, which I spoke about when I looked through my book uh, of cathedrals, that's all part of it. Um so it's the building and the architecture that that, that weds in with the organ and so one's emotions can be carried by um the the organ's color and how it uh, it depicts certain moods. I think the the organist has to be very uh, creative and very um, aware of of atmosphere and and I think that's the thing that that, that matters more than anything um, in terms of trying to convey a message and and making right choices in terms of how you, how you play, how you register, how you react in the moment. It's all about, it's all about the moment. Um, And I think that's, that's a really important thing. Uh, Obviously you practice and you practice and you practice, but there has to be that moment in anything where It has to be at that particular time and never to be repeated again.
0: Yeah and maybe you can talk a bit about uh, what it feels like to uh, perform this role in in a building like Temple Church with such a uh, complex and um, um, well just a you know mythical sort of history for somebody who wouldn't have any connection to the Christian Church to, to just learn a little bit about the the story of that building and how it's played into a thousand years of history. I think, um, it, you know, it's a lot to fathom. And, you know, what are some of the most interesting things about it for you? And and, and how does it feel uh, to be part of that story?
1: Well, but this, for me, the rich heritage of music in Temple Church uh, sits very firmly in my mind. Um, George ball obviously the most... Um, incredible and important influence on the music that we have nowadays. But before that, um, Wolford Davies um, and even uh, John Stanley in, in, in uh, centuries ago. So there is a great there is a great musical heritage here, which I'm I'm very conscious about, which is supported by the Inns of Court um, and a lot of our congregations that come to the church are, are made up of um, members of the Inns. Um, and often the services we we provide are memorial services, so there's obviously a huge uh, responsibility to get that right. Uh, tourists, uh, of course, who may never have set foot in the building, come along. Um, and the building itself is is a gem, and the acoustics are particularly fine. so it's it's a matter of of maximizing what what we what we can offer. Um, showing them that we still keep the rich heritage going um, through the choirs that we have and and hopefully the quality of the music that we provide um, the the round part of the church which is the oldest part of the church um, has a particularly fine acoustic um, and it's uh, it's absolutely wonderful to sing in that part of the building but the the, the chancel area is is bright and wide and the, the 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 whole feeling of the church is warm and and people feel, I think, very involved, but it's big enough for people not to feel intimidated um or, or should I say people who they can feel involved, but they don't actually have to feel that they that they have to participate in any particular way. So the music is a vehicle. We do that for them, if you like.
0: Supporting the wonders of liturgical texts in church may seem at first glance to be a far cry from performing the soundtrack to a blockbuster composed by Hans Zimmer, who has scored films like the Dark Knight Trilogy, Blade Runner 2049, and Pirates of the Caribbean. But the film Interstellar contains themes about life, death, the beyond, and maybe it's for this reason the composer uses a natural acoustic to support the organ in his score.
1: This all this all came about very very quickly because uh, I think it was a bit of a last minute idea of his to to, to actually try and record it live, um, and I do remember this music coming through uh, um, electronically, sort of daily, uh, and 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 even in during during the period of time recording it. So yeah, it was it was um it was a bit of a challenge at the time. Mm-hmm and uh,
0: did you have any idea what the film was about as you were learning and recording this music
1: no no we were not allowed to know um well well that's not quite the right answer but, but we were not allowed to know until he unveiled the story at a at a, a dinner which which sort of was the start of the recording week so we knew we knew enough about it but it was it was still all clothed in secrecy. Um, I didn't really understand it. this whole thing about the this important theme uh, that runs the way through um, and 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 the significance of that that was all that was all a mystery to us. And the score was not marked interstellar. it was uh, it had a a secret code name to it, so he didn't even know uh, no, it was it was all it was all secret
0: the veil of mystery surrounding the production is ultimately lifted when the crew arrives and sayer realizes this was a bigger project than he had anticipated
1: well the people were lovely it's just the whole the whole idea of 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 the it, it became clear to me that there was a a lot of money being spent on them coming all the way from la to record something that may in fact not work um so i felt a certain a certain responsibility, which I hadn't necessarily, uh, twigged, um, until that point. So yeah, it, it all felt a bit sort of a bit, a, a bit different from my normal, my normal existence, should I say? I mean, I'm used to playing organ recitals and playing call or even song. <laughs> so to be suddenly faced with a, an epic blockbuster film, um, I just thought it was a great honor. And, um, that I should be, happened to be in the position of organist at Temple Church when this came along. I mean, they came to the church, they didn't come for me, um, and I knew that. Um, But on the other hand, uh, I was the person who was here, so I thought, you know, I felt felt responsible.
0: Um, And maybe you can talk about the feeling, you know, normally when you play the organ, Uh, You have a specific role which we talked about before and now in this context suddenly you have an incredibly different role You're you're recording something that is going to be attached to a film and you know uh, Is going to have a very different size audience Um, What did it feel like when you were actually playing or you know, how did how did that? uh, difference um, kind of play out in your in your mind or spirit
1: well, I didn't really think about the film and the audience. I just thought, I just wanted to make, I mean, I, I approached it the same as I would anything, just try and get some good sounds out of the organ, uh, do your best, uh, you know, prepare the best you can, um, and and then leave it to those that are, are responsible for making the sound. Obviously, they had a the wonderful equipment here, so the organ sounds Better than it's ever done, I think, on on the on the film, and and they were able to layer the sound of the organs, so it it, it, it sounds bigger than it really is, even though it's a pretty colossal sound in the building. They they were able to uh, to magnify that, but I obviously I wasn't in in charge of that sort of thing. But no, I I approached it like I do like I do anything. So uh, I think my main concern was to to get the right sounds that would make Hans Zimmer glad to be there. Well, it's interesting that Christopher Nolan um, said that the organ has a religiosity to it. Um, And I think people associate the organ with church um so just by its very existence and the sound i think people r- have a have a connection uh, whether you're a believer or not that they associate it with religion um and because the film is about uh, about life and existence and and loss all the things that are connected to the human condition you can't really uh, disassociate the two um uh, whether even whether you believe or, or not believe this whole thing about what what's beyond is, is something we always question and it has that, it does have that element. I know it's not the core narrative, of the film, but it is about survival and about, um, what happens next. And I think that, that, that throws you right back to, to, to religion. Um, and and the church and and the organ, of course, being one of the oldest instruments ever. So, so yeah, it, it's it's um, whether people think that deeply, I don't know. But it certainly it has that religious feel about it, which gives the the film a little bit more dignity and and, and pathos. I think
0: the dignity and pathos that the music evokes is more than a product of the instrument and the acoustics there is of course the contents of the music itself. Watching the film, I'm struck by the recurrence of a single chord which highlights important moments in the story where feelings of the power of time are elicited. And it comes as no surprise to find that the chord in question is a C major, a chord known for its dramatic use.
1: The power of, the, of a C major chord, it's extraordinary um, how what that can do to one's emotions. but. Like I was saying much earlier on, religion and how people approach the church uh, is a, is a very personal so uh, i think I think the organ as an instrument has a, a sort of um a role to play in in that it, it it has so many facets to it um it can it can conjure up drama. In, you know, in, in, in a flash and actually the, 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 beauty of, of just a single line, um, with an accompaniment as indeed is that, that, that moment that follows the, the C major chord is, is, is so simple and yet yeah. so, so powerful. Uh, I think the whole, the whole scenario of the organ, um, having the, this, this huge tonal palette is, is, I think one of the reasons why he he saw this as the the opportunity to to explore it in a film such as this.
0: It's what you said about the C major chord, uh, I agree completely and I can think of other C major chords like um, in Bluebeard's Castle and Bartok's uh, and and, um, and I wonder, um, I think for a long time in music I thought that um, relative pitch mattered but absolute pitch did not matter. And that, you know, when you're transposing music, it turns into this, it's this mathematical thing where you can just, as long as you're, you start at one spot, and then you build the music around that spot, it doesn't really matter if it's C or E or A. What's the difference between a C major chord and an E major chord?
1: Well, I would say it's it's to do with overtones um, and resonances. I mean, particularly on the organ, it's the lowest, it's the lowest. The lowest resonating um, note on the on the organ, Um, and I think it has a particular it has a mood. I mean, you you you, I mean, musicians talk about well, you know, D flat major is a is a darker key, B major is a brighter key. I mean, so I I do think there is an 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 element of um, of of these keys sounding different, Um, but I think it's to do I think in a basic way, it's to do with the, with the overtones of the instrument, the depth of the pipes in the organ's case, for example. Um, and he was fascinated by by the, the sound of these lower notes. Um, in fact, they would record just the lower the lower notes that, that actually would um, sh- sort of make the the building rattle. And I think that's also in there. You might wouldn't be able to identify it. And they also recorded the organ blower being turned on and off, and I think that's in the mix. Um, so I've diverted myself away from that from your question, but I think the C major chord ha- has has a particular uh, resonance to it and grandeur, strong. I mean, take the the organ symphony when that moment that the organ comes in, that's C major. Um, it's just it's just it's the lowest note on the organ and therefore has a has a real foundation to it. And the last note of the whole score, the, the last I mean, right at the very end of the closing credits, it's a two octave scale of C major. Um, it just simply goes up and up and up. I and mean, you probably, you know, by that stage, you may have turned off. But if you listen to the very end, I mean, a lot of the good music is in the credits. Um, and and, you know, it is a two octave c major scale and i i can't help thinking that we all start as musicians with c major you know that's the first scale we learn so it's it seems to have a fundamental connection to our beginning i don't know whether that's that's too profound but it's it's a nice thought
0: You're listening to the Future Stops podcast, an initiative of the Royal Canadian College of Organists. My name is Blake Hargreaves, and I'm your host as we explore the world of the 21st century organ. We just heard today's feature piece, The Interstellar Suite, composed by Hans Zimmer and performed by Roger Sayer at Temple Church. This recording was made at a concert which Sayer is sharing on his YouTube channel, along with other organ repertoire, this channel is the only place you'll be able to hear this pipe organ adaptation of the full *Interstellar* soundtrack by Hans Zimmer. Some commenters say the adaptation reveals hidden melodies and sounds they hadn't heard in the film.
1: So, the the YouTube channel is um, for all. So there is there's a standard repertoire on there. So you you, you know if you like um, Bach and you like Frank and you like Messia and VN and so on and so forth. That's on there. And I release something every Monday. Um, and and at the moment, I'm releasing every once a month um, a movement from Interstellar, because that's what I promised people, because I have the score um, and the parts from the film. Um, and Hans Zimmer has, has allowed me to have those. So I, I, I do have access to this to the score, um, and I'm transcribing this um, this music from the organ score, and also trying to include some some other uh, lines that would have not been played by the organ. Uh, so that so I'm releasing those on a on a, a, a monthly basis, um, and then the other weeks it's it's a mixture of. Of, of standard repertoire um unusual repertoire so it's 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 a, it's a bit for for everybody and in the summer I did do a series of four concerts um online uh, which which was interesting and in those each of those concerts had a had a sort of 10 minute section of of interstellar um which which uh, again brought young people in um and and i do have I, I do have a sort of a wish to promote this as a as um an event where i could tour with it it's a bit of a it's just a sort of a client in the sky idea that um perhaps go to the states and and and, and have a a concert of for for young people Introducing them to the organ, doing a little demonstration, playing some of the, the standard repertoire, but also including in it um, movements from Interstellar. So there's something, for, you know, an hour really, not 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 a not a long. Uh, yeah, I just I just it's just an idea. While I still can can travel and play, that I would like to maximise this this opportunity. So that's just an idea in my head at the moment as as how I could sell this. Uh, this, this um, organ education, somehow, uh, to, to younger people, uh, through, through Interstellar, mainly.
0: Interstellar comes across as an example of contemporary explorations of spirituality. The film combines many far-reaching ideas. In the face of physics, time is an illusion. Whatever we believe is beyond our reach has something to tell us about the limits of our imagination. Forces which cannot be measured, like love, might provide more useful, life-saving information than those which can be. As the pipe organ moves into the 21st century, its ability to invoke these ideas for contemplation through sound and music raises questions about how to invite people to enjoy it who might otherwise be resistant to its religious surroundings. Inclusion in a Hollywood blockbuster about theoretical physics gets it right by placing this instrument where its symbolic power can manifest in a new way. We'd like to thank our guest, Roger Sayer for joining us today, and thank you for listening to the episode. Join us on social media at Future Stops and Future Stops Podcast, where you can find a link to Roger Sayer's YouTube channel and bring your voice to the conversation. Future Stops is a podcast from the Royal Canadian College of Organists, produced by Andrew O'Connor, with Haley Raymond as Community Manager and executive producer Elizabeth Shannon. I'm your host, Blake Hargreaves.